discussion. All I know is I was made for this, paid for this, yeah, slave for this. Get him down and I'ma get him right, get on sight, right? Thank you for tuning in to Adversity University, and welcome to class. Hey everyone, it's Sean. Just had an interview with a, a new friend of mine, Freddie Girard. He played junior hockey with co-host Garrett Metcalf, and you know, really glad that he brought him on the show. He's a great guy and had some really cool stories. He's very young, but he's already been in three different types of professions, I guess you could call it. He was a professional game, video game player, professional ice hockey player, and now he owns his own apparel company, Boom Boom Tuck. And you know, we get into all three facets of those. And I think it was really interesting. Garrett, what'd you think about the podcast today? Well, first of all, it was just great catching up with Fred, one of the most down to earth people I've ever met in my entire life, really just comes from a great family, his brother, sister, um, and parents are just the nicest people you'll ever meet. But um, it was really great to, you know, explore Fred's path and kind of get it out there, because I, I think that there isn't enough people that know uh, what he had to go through to get to where he was and is now. Um, and also, I think you kind of really get to see his personality and who he is as a person. Um, and I don't think enough people out there know about Freddie Gerard. So uh, hopefully this episode gets out there to people and um, they can learn from him and see what a great person he is and what he had to go through. Yeah, just talking to him, he seems like a really motivated, driven person. And sometimes that can work against you because he was on this path to try and play division one hockey, which it takes time. Like it doesn't matter who you are. It takes time. And he saw his, he set his sights on something else, the professional gaming. And he's, you know, so passionate and such a go-getter that he thought, you know, I, I want to go do this instead. Right. And so I'm, I'm glad that it worked out that he was able to do both. I think also that, you know, if you're just looking similarly at his hockey career, which is applicable in all assets of life, as we talk about, um, he didn't really go to a great junior hockey league until his very last year of junior eligibility. And then that's where things started to blossom down. So you really don't know when you're going to get your opportunity. Uh, so don't give up. Yeah. And I think, you know, another story that we had on this podcast was the the goaltender from UMass Lowell. He was, um, you know, done with high school and playing men's league soccer in the summer and happened to play against a division one school's coach and like played well and got his opportunity. So uh, it's awesome to hear those types of stories. And I think another good one that we might have to talk about at some point is uh, Kevin Patterson. I don't know if you know his story. Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, I won't blow anything for the guest. I'll tell you off the camera. Let's kick it on over to Freddie Girard. Finally, a summer school you'll actually want to attend. 365 Performance Hockey Academy Summer School is a 10-week program for players who want to take their hockey training to the next level. The focal points of this summer school will be on character and mindset training, on and off ice development, physical literacy and athletic development, as well as nutrition, sleep, and recovery. During these 10 weeks, players will take part in video training and evaluation, as well as community outreach to promote character growth. 365 Performance Hockey Academy is a 10-week program starting June 7th. Registration is open now, but act fast because spots are limited. Today's guest is a native of Rocky River, Ohio, and a recent graduate from the Ohio State University. After playing four seasons for the Buckeyes hockey team, he played a full year in the ECHL for a handful of teams. He owns his own apparel company, Boom Boom Tuck. He was also a professional Call of Duty player, having spent time with Optic Gaming and the FaZe Clan. Welcome to the podcast, Freddie Girard. 
Hi guys, how are you doing? I appreciate you bringing me on today. Chuck, it's an honor to, to have you on and we're super excited to get to know you better and have our guests tell or, or hear your story. But uh, what was it like growing up in Rocky River, Ohio? Uh, I mean, there were no complaints on this end. Um, Rocky River is a nice little uh, city, just about 10 minutes uh, west of downtown Cleveland. Um, a decently nice area, you know, public school. Um, decent education um and uh, you know grew, grew up in a household with uh, one younger brother who i got to play hockey with and a younger sister who um you know had to deal with all that so um and mom and dad were you know did everything they could to help us pursue our dreams and live the best life possible so things were good growing up honestly were sports big in your household or how did you get into hockey yeah, I'd say so. Um, my dad played some sports growing up, uh, nothing too crazy, just, uh, you know, high school football, um, stuff like that. Um, and then I actually got introduced into hockey, though, in preschool um, for Halloween. Um, I went in as a cowboy and my best buddy came dressed and he's wearing this big jersey and like these like these gloves. And I'm like, well, what are you? What are you, man? Like, what's that? And he's like, I'm a hockey player. And I'm like, oh, OK, I want to be a hockey player. So I went home. I'm like, mom, I want to play hockey. And for whatever reason, you know, it just kind of came natural to me for there, you know, the skating and whatever. I don't know how it all works or why it did. But, you know, from there, hockey was just kind of the sport. Um, you know, we, we uh, grew up playing all sorts of other sports, too, in, you know, summer with baseball and, you know, kick a sock ball around, um, stuff like that. But it was always hockey as the main one. So you're a product of the Cleveland Barons AAA pro hockey program. Uh, you Correct. played from 13U all the way up to 18 AAA. Yep. How do you think that program helped prepare you for junior hockey? Oh, I mean, I think it did a great job, honestly. I and mean, coming out of Cleveland, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, hockey opportunity. Um, uh, like the high school hockey in the area is not too, too solid. Um, so, I mean, I think, uh, you know, playing in that triple a league you know it got us a chance to play against you know some of the best players in the country being a part of that you know tier one elite league growing up um and uh yeah i definitely think you know being able to play in that organization behind some good coaches um you know helped us prepare me and my brother certainly for uh, making the jump to junior hockey and then eventually uh, college uh yeah and then you ended up playing for uh the boston bandits after that correct correct yep uh sure for two years so uh, right at, right out of high school i yeah i played through the, for, the, for the barons all the way up through high school and then first year went out to boston and they were that were a part of the ej the eastern junior hockey league at that point and then after that first year that's when the league kind of split up and they became the usphl and the ehl um and that was my second year was the head coach of that team coach drevich Yes, he was one of them. Um, Todd Sterling was the other um, at the time. But yeah, I remember uh, Tyler Drevich, uh, he, he was on my team. Yeah, I played with him uh, okay. junior as well. So yeah, yeah. I've Makes seen sense. a lot of those posts. And uh, uh -huh. one of our other good friends, Hayden Jordan, was the captain there too, GM. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had a good time there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a good hockey, and I think it kind of – it was it was good for me. It gave me the chance to, you know – to, to play and kind of find my game and gave me the, you know, confidence to, to kind of grow into the player that, um, you know, I kind of was able to become. 
Yeah. And while you were playing there, you actually were a professional gamer. Mm -hmm. um, and at one point you thought about quitting hockey to pursue professional gaming more seriously. Can you take us through that story and maybe who or what, you know, kept you on the path of playing hockey? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, I mean, I guess to kind of touch in on the gaming side a bit, um, I, that was, you know, I guess we were talking about how sports was a big part of my life. If we weren't playing sports, you know, I was probably playing some kind of video game. Um, I, I just grew up and thought they were great. Um, uh, the big one at the time was I started, I fell in love with Call of Duty and uh, I started getting really good at it. And after a few years, um, started finding some stuff on YouTube, you know, you see people posting their highlights and uh, particularly their sniping montages and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Like I, I want to do something like that. Like I want to be like that. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, in this whole little community on YouTube trying to like, you know, watch all these sick players and all these good teams and uh, optic gaming was one of them. And they ended up doing a recruitment challenge and long story short, I, I just, uh, I, you know, tried it out uh, where I guess had to go into a free for all and get the best gameplay possible and just kind of talk over it. And they ended up getting back to me and I joined uh, that team for a couple of years and just kind of uh, as a, I guess they would call it a content creator these days where I would just kind of do uh, sniping montages or commentaries or vlogs or all sorts of stuff like that. Did that for a couple of years. And then after that kind of got stale uh, for me, I wanted to, uh, I ended up going to my first event, uh, like an actual MLG event. And I, and I, it's just a while and I saw the people up on that stage and it's competing and I was like that is sick too like I want to do that now so then I was like I started pursuing that and that's when uh so like kind of during this was kind of during the winter of uh that first year uh at the bandits and um sorry hold on I lost my train of thought for a quick second yeah so that was over that Christmas time um and I started, that's when it kind of started ramping up. I started competing um, and hockey wasn't going super great for me. Like, you know, I guess the EJ was a decent league, but I was only getting kind of these D3 offers and I wanted to go D1 at the same time, but gaming was also kind of picking up and getting more serious on that. And so I was like, mom, like, I think I'm just ready to kind of pursue the gaming because it was the, on the up and coming fast. And I was kind of at, in the spotlight, uh, you know, for it. Um, and it, th th this was right around the time too, when, uh, I signed to play, uh, with phase, um, for, uh, competitively to go compete at the event. Um, but then, uh, my mom was just like, I, you know, she couldn't let me give it up just cause uh, you know, she watched me, you know, skate around the driveway as a young kid and stick handling a ball through the kitchen, you know, before, before I could hardly walk type stuff. So, um, she just was kind of like, you know, I think you need to give it another chance. And that's when I went back for my second year in Boston. And I, I even told her, I was like, mom, I'm not going to like it. Like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. She's like, just give it two weeks. And if you hate it, you can come home. And I was like, all right, see you in two weeks. And then I went back for my second year and things were good. Yeah, I was living in an apartment with some of my teammates. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, it was my, like I said, it was my second year in Boston. So I got to, you know, get, you know, I was feeling more comfortable on the ice. I was given, you know, a lot more uh, opportunity. I was running power play and stuff. And I started, you know, play some good hockey. And I was like, this is fun. This is fun. I want to keep doing this. And um, 
but still I, the D3 uh, options were kind of the only things running for me at that point. And I was like, I wanted to keep going, my, uh, trying to chase D1. And that's when, uh, lo and behold, we got to go to Madison thanks to Chuck. And that's where we ran into you, Garrett. Yeah. And I think that, you know, my first year of junior hockey was the hardest time on me mentally as well for those same yeah. sort of reasons, you know, yep. I, I tell people now that first year is really just getting your foot in the door. Like you mm-hmm. can't expect to get D1 offers, power play time, all yep. that stuff because there's people who are established. And so it is hard mentally to know you were probably one of the best players, sure. obviously on Cleveland. And then mm-hmm. you end up uh, in a junior situation with older yep. players who are strong. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I remember my coach, he had said, he's like, you know, this is uh, one of the first practices. He's like, you know, typically you're probably, you know, the best players from all your teams, but you know, here it's like, now it gets tough. Now there's, you know, a little bit of competitiveness and, you know, lineups are tough to crack. And um, so it was definitely an adjustment period. Um, but I, I'm definitely, um, fortunate that yeah i stuck through it and you know like we said you know keep pushing on and i was able to you know grow through those and then i think we kind of brushed over it but isn't phase clan like the best content yeah they're they're real big right now they're they've ever since they started man they really just kind of took over the gaming world and that's i mean they kind of helped get gaming to where it is you know with today um so, I mean, yeah, I, I was with them for a very short stint. I mean, this was way back in the day, too, where, um, I mean, it was I wasn't reaping any of the benefits some of those guys are reaping today, necessarily. But um, it was fun for sure. Um, I remember the one event that I got to go and compete uh, at under them. Um, I mean, the support was just the crazy. Like, they had the most fans there for, you know, just because of who they are and, you know, the brand they've been able to make. And, um you know, it's very been, it was a very fun part of my life for sure. And I mean, uh, like I was telling you guys before this, I still kind of uh, dabble in some gaming here and there, and I still keep in touch with a lot of those guys. And I um, mean, it's definitely a, you know, it's kind of the future, I guess, you know, and it's the, the eyes and uh, the viewers ship and all that in that realm is just growing so massively in the money there. It's just getting crazy. So it's, it's, definitely something i think i might want to keep my toes in so i think it's just so relatable you know like when you're watching mm-hmm. an nhl hockey game the average person has no concept of you know how hard that is what they're doing any yeah. kid these days pretty much has like an xbox or a ps4 mm-hmm. they've tried doing some of those things oh that yeah you guys making clips of so they mm-hmm. really appreciate it more and i think that's why it's getting so big yeah yeah and you're right you're right and that's the thing and it, i think it's just also so easily accessible it is and then i mean i'm sure the quarantine you know that we've been going through as well help you know also kind of you know uprise those numbers but just you know you can just log in on a computer and you can watch whoever you want with twitch and all the streaming capabilities and it's just you know it, a lot of people like that easiness and that accessibility so you know it's it's very interesting I want to fast forward a little bit in the gaming world, which takes us to our time in Madison. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people knew about your professional gaming career. Yeah. Well, well. To, for, uh, weirdly enough for like a while, like I, I wasn't like ashamed of it, but I was like, kind of like, I didn't want like everyone to know about it. I thought I'd like get made fun of for it. Like I felt anxious about it. Like a little insecure. So like at first, like I didn't want people to know, I thought people were going to like kind of rip me for it, but then like something like that gets out, you know, like, it's just, 
it's just did. And I remember no, I, we were we were eating at uh, some pasta place, and I was watching. You were showing me your montages, all the sniping montages, and then <laughs> I think it might have been Charlie brought up the the Folsom freakouts and you oh, yeah. on YouTube of you freaking uh-huh, out, uh-huh. killed and stuff, and you had taken them off YouTube. Um, but going back to that point, you're talking about how big it's getting. I think you know, with some of the content creators that are in gaming, the reason that they have gotten so big is because of their personalities. Yep. Yep. Not have a personality and make it that far. No, for sure. For absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because those, those videos of me freaking out, those were the the ones that would do the best by far. Like that's like what I'm like, people like, like my alias or name is Folsom. That's my middle name. Like that's what like the Folsom, like if anyone still knows a Folsom out there in the game world, it's because of me for, like the, some reaction or me freaking out or something. I mean, which, I mean, is the coolest thing though, but like, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing, but yeah, you're right. People like, a, you know, especially in that world, you know, a big personality, I guess. And a lot of the, you know, the guys who are very successful in that, you know, they're able to, you know, build their own personal brand up very well and, you know, be liked by a lot of people. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And you mentioned the quarantine and it got me thinking that when people are watching those streams and they fall in love with your personality, you know, they can't go see their friends at school every day. So what they can do for that social interaction is, Mm -hmm. you know, watching streamers someone that they yeah. honestly like consider friends at this point oh yeah oh yeah and like, I, like i said i still got some good buddies who they stream all the time still and i like you know go in and watch them just to support and whatever and like the people they have in their chats like it's like it's like a like a family almost in there man it sounds crazy but they're all in there like they they come in every day some of these people and like they chat with each other and they know who each other are and they're asking about each other's days and like it's just it's wild it's i mean that's one thing uh that they they say that they say about the twitch community is that it is a lot of those people it's very tight-knit and it's it's a place that for you know know, a lot of people who can feel like they belong you know and can feel like you know they're they're having a common ground with a lot of people that's awesome and speaking of common ground i think garrett might have mentioned it earlier but um, you and your brother ended up at the same camp for the best junior hockey league in America, the USHL. Can you kind of tell that story and how you ended up there? Yeah, of course. Um, so again, this would have been right after uh, my second year in Boston where, you know, we were thinking about D3, but, you know, everyone's real dreams of D1. So it's like, all right, we got one more year. It's my age out year. I'm going to say thank you to the D3 teams. I appreciate it. We'll let you know in a year. I'm going to go chase, chase some. And luckily enough for me, my younger brother, who's nasty enough as he is, was able to score like some crazy amount of goals in his last year u18 and get tendered by the madison capitals um and so he's get he gets to go to camp he, you know he's one of their first you know four or five guys they get to sign to help build this new team and i'm like all right this is good this is all right and i'm telling my agent our agent i'm like you know let's get let's get the invite and he's so he's calling them they're they at first they're like no like keep telling me we're not we don't want this 20 year old coming to camp like we don't need him here and so my agent just kept doing it. i think he said he had to get on the phone with him like four or five four or five times and they finally were just like all right fine like if you come you're out come come to the camp and then uh i ended up you know luckily enough i don't know i just had a good camp and you know i think 
you know, me going in, I kind of knew, like I, like I said, I was 20 at the time and, you know, I had worked real hard to, you know, try and hope, you know, hope for that opportunity and things just kind of went my way. And I ended up making the, you know, the 30 man or whatever they do for after that first camp. And at that point I was like, I knew I was like, I can do this thing, you know? Uh, what was your first impression of that big goofy kid standing in the net over there? Uh, Garrett had a pretty good camp there too himself. Yeah, no. guy who probably wasn't supposed to make the team, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, he, I looked at him and I was like, he's a big boy. Like, that's a big goalie there. If he could get his, himself moving, like, he's, he could be a danger. And lo and behold, man, I've never seen a kid get over so fast in so long. And uh, not to mention, Fred goes on to uh, be second in scoring on our team with 36 points after they didn't even want to invite him to the camp. Oh, um, I, I and, mean – I owe a lot to Luke Strand that that man he really he gave me the chance man he looked at me he didn't see an age he just saw you know a kid who's gonna work hard and you know I just tried to do everything I could to help the team win and um, like, like I said the minute he let me in the door for that tryout and you know let me be on the team and you know just everything he just kind of let me do my thing and really supported me and helped me you know be like that was I think was my biggest growth you know in in hockey and it really kind of you know showed me how to what hard work's about and how to overcome like we talked about adversity I think that was the first time you know in my life where I really successfully overcame some hard adversity it was cool. Was your brother first in scoring or did you beat him that year? No, I don't even remember. Did he? I beat him. Yeah, I think I beat him. I had more points than he did. Yeah. Had a boy. Yeah. Who Harold's had the most. Harold's had the for, most. Yeah. For a while, I had the most. And then for a while, then out of nowhere, Harold's popped off at the end. Chuck was. Chuck was ripping too at the end. They both like were. Fourth, yeah, they both caught fire. Like, well, see, talk about adversity. Chuck went through it that first first three months. Yeah, for whatever reason, he he just couldn't figure out the USHL. It's, it's, you know, it's fast. It's a hard league. Jump. It's hard jumping up from the U18. And um, you know, it, I think uh, in, it was the first time, kind of. Well, not the first, but in his career too, where he wasn't finding success, and it was it was hard for him. Um, but then, you know, that second half came and he just stuck with it and he started ripping it. Yeah, then after that year, you know, you, you mentioned it was your age out year. You ended up committing to the Ohio State University. What was it like to commit to a school in, in really your home state? Oh, I mean, that was – I mean, I couldn't describe that feeling. I mean, like we had said, um, just kind of looking back on the journey that I had had, uh, you know, it's something I had hoped for for so long. And for a while it kind of seemed like it may never come. And so when that opportunity, you know, came and I got the, you know, the official wording that, you know, it could be a reality, it just, you know, it was a huge relief. And it just kind of, you know, gave me hope that if you do work hard and if you do try and do things the correct way and – um, that, you know, if you really put your mind to it, you can accomplish something. So, I mean, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And I had never grew grown up wanting to go to Ohio state or anything like that. Like I had never even thought about it and they just happened to be the first team like to really sh show interest and in offer me. And I was kind of like, well, that's pretty cool. I could go to school 
there two hours away from home and they seem like they want me. Um, and it was, it was a great time. Like I said, I, I loved every minute of being there. Um, you know, I had some ups and downs there as well, just like we all do. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I graduated very happy about my career and journey there for sure. Yeah. You mentioned the ups and downs in your time in Ohio state was not always smooth. Um, you know, your time played between your freshman and sophomore year dropped and so did your point production. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what did you do the summer of your sophomore year to give yourself an opportunity to prove you could play every night and be reliable? I mean, that's just, that's exactly it, man. Um, that's, that's a year. That second year was tough. I watched a lot of games and, you know, every time I, you know, did that, it just built up in me. And I just kept saying, you know, you're not going to do this anymore. Like this is not, this isn't, this isn't an option. You know, if you can, you're going to do everything you can to fix this. And um, I, that's the, uh, the summer I decided I stayed down at school because, you know, I think, you know, I think that shows the coach, you know, that I want to be there. And also there was also a big group of guys down there that stayed as well. And um, I think that was what was best for me at the time we had, uh, I think like nine or 10 guys down there. We had ice every day. Uh, we had a goalie and we work out uh, five days a week or whatever, you know, whatever the deal is that they get you going on. Um, but yeah, just kind of doing that and staying on a steady program every day. And like you said, um, you know, I'd known, that I was able to kind of do it before. And, um, you know, I just kind of stayed true to what, you know, to, to doing that. And I found success in just taking it one day at a time. And, you know, we, we know what the end goal is and, you know, that's to, you know, be in every night to be a guy the coach can count on, but you know, how am I going to, you know, what are the everyday goals or like, what's the weekly goal? So I found it to break it up, you know, slowly piece by piece um, keeps me, you know, more kind of, dialed in and uh detailed into what i'm doing versus if i get my head wrapped up into oh i need to be playing i need to be playing you know that you know it could take me a little longer to get there i think it's a pretty unique experience to be able to stay at your school all summer i wish you know my school Mm -hmm. did that because Mm -hmm. you know when you're training back home with people from all sorts of junior teams and colleges you know you never really know if you're doing enough, if that yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And again, that was a a very big uh, turnaround for our team that year too. Um, I I think like you said, you know, we all, we were there together and we all were there, you know, as a group to, and we had the same goal, you know, we were pushing each other every day and it became, you know, an investment that we all were doing, not just, you know, when we were there during the school year, but, you know, something that we were investing in on our free time, you know, over the summer and something that we, you know, had worked hard every day with the guy next to you. So, I mean, I, I think I was kind of always against wanting to stay at school I was always like I need to get home you know I think it's important for for kids to have a break and to get that time away but um I also am for you know get like you said getting that chance to stay at school um you know because it can really help teams and individuals for sure I'm sure you had a little fun and bonded off the ice with the oh, boys too. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 never a bad time, you know, being around a, a college campus with some of your best buddies, you know, and when the free time. So I mean, yeah, no we had some fun. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a good time. Uh, and not so to what, mention too, some right. of the guys that uh, you ended up playing with Ohio State, you played with the Madison Capitals. Well, you you talked right. about Sammy McCormick, mm-hmm. uh, Miguel Fiddler. And, you know, one guy that arguably became, you know, a part of your family, probably a brother like Eugene Fidea. Mm-hmm. So one, what was it like 
living with Eugene and your brother in Madison, playing in the best uh, junior hockey league in North America? And then what was it like moving on and playing with Eugene at Ohio State? I mean, that was it was really awesome, man. I mean, like you said, Eugene, he is he's part of our family now for sure. Um, that first year in Madison, uh, you know, I think that was tough for him. He, you know, it's tough being all the way from home, you know, especially being from Ukraine, um, and with the language barrier. So uh, he leaned on us a lot. Um, and I, I was just and same with Sam. I think the coolest part was kind of just watching them grow up. I mean, I'm sure like it sounds like you know oh dad over here you know but like <laughs> i don't know man it's just just seeing them grow up and like watch our friendships just kind of you know blossom and can you know the strength that you know that we you know kind of came together with and stuff I don't know, it's very cool um for sure we talked about how it was tough at times and you know you even considered quitting so i want to shine some light on the positives of sticking with it uh what was your most memorable moment playing division one college hockey um there's probably a couple uh i'd say one probably you know getting the chance to play in the frozen four um i mean that was something that not everyone gets to do man and it was it was pretty pretty awesome i mean they they treat you like the real deal there and it's just I don't even really know how to describe it, but that was, that was very cool. Um, but then also I probably have to say I had a two goal game at Mish in Yost arena and we won three, two. And it was pretty good. That was fun. <laughs> Our producer wanted me to give you a hard time about that and ask you if uh, Yost is the best arena. in the Oh, it is though. Like I love that rink. I really do. It's, it's a, it's a, it's so loud. It's a fun place to play. I mean, there's so much history there. I mean, yeah, and for that's, I mean, for whatever reason, I brought it there every time I played there. I don't know why it's just, and that may be why, you know, because of being able to play in a rink like that. Um, but yeah, I love that rink for sure. And then you mentioned going to the frozen four. So you won your regional uh, for a big mm-hmm. school like Ohio state is, yeah. is the goal, the national championship. Like when you win that regional, is it even like, you know, that big of a thrill or is it just another step in the path? Um, for us, it, it was a pretty big thrill I'd say. Cause um, well, at least for uh, my freshman class, when we went in, we were, I literally ranked dead last at one point we were started off the year zero and seven. So I think we were like 59th or whatever, how many teams there were. And then, so, and it was by our junior year, we, we were able to make it to the, you know, win our regionals. So I think it, you know, just kind of seeing that quick turnaround and it was a little kind of starstruck and it, it, I wish we were a little more less satisfied because I do think we kind of were all a little too content with just getting to the frozen four and not with actually winning. But I mean, it's easier to just look back on things and, you know, say you would wish you could have prepared or done things differently, but it's definitely a cool experience nonetheless. Yeah. And since your college career, like we mentioned in the introduction, you played in the ECHL for a year. Um, and now you started your own apparel company, Boom Boom mm-hmm. Tuck. So what what Correct. brought you and your your brother Charlie? Um, what you know? How did you guys come come upon this company? Um, so I mean, a, a couple of years ago, I guess I'll kind of tell you the backstory for how the name came about. Um, going back to Chuck's uh, 
year where he had a bunch of goals and very little amount of games. I don't remember. Uh, but the year he got to tender and go to uh, Madison. Um, hold on. I lost my train of thought again. What am I doing? <laughs> what were we just talking about? Charlie, uh, how Boom Boom Talk came to be. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he said he scored a bunch of goals, right? Um, and he, we were all home uh, – over the summer at following that year, uh, all our buddies from, uh, from around town, just our local buddies haven't been together in a while. So, you know, we're all rekindling, having some drinks, you know, getting loose, having fun. And Chuck starts getting loud mouth about how good a year he had, you know, you know, Chuck, like he can get, he, he, he can talk himself up if, if he wants. Um, but so, yeah, he's just like, yeah, it was so, you know, it's so easy, man. All I did was, you know, come down the ice and go boom, boom, tuck every time. And like, you know, like backhand, <laughs> forehand, tuck. And from there, it just it stuck as a saying for whatever reason, we all thought the saying was hilarious. He did it like 30 times and he's like jumping up and like, you know, standing up. He's like, boom, boom, tuck, boom, boom, tuck. And we're like, <laughs> what is going on? And so from there, we just, boom, boom, tuck was just it. We just would always say it. It was just kind of like our our friend group chat and all that stuff. And uh, then a couple of years after that, we were like, we got to turn boom, boom, talk into something. Like, I don't know what, but like something. Um, and then once the quarantine kind of hit and uh, we both got to come home and just have some free time, he was just kind of like, dude, let's get this going. Like there's no really better time, um, you know, than right now when we're not playing, you know, we don't have school. Uh, we don't know what's going on with the world. Like, let's, let's see if, we'll, you know, let's get some work going. And um, that's kind of, what we did so it just uh we just figured we'd start you know with just getting something to get our substance out there a little bit so we came up with a logo and thought we'd start selling some apparel and um for right now we're just kind of taking things slow and i've just been kind of having some fun with it um i've been kind of me and him kind of take turns to you know, throwing ideas and picking out how we want to design some things and um, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's, it's helped me, um, and him, uh, you know, grow closer together. I mean, I don't know how we could possibly do that because I thought we had, but I mean, you'll find, I guess that's why they say don't work with your family because it could get hard, but I mean, it's been, it's been all good. It's been fun. Um, and you know, we have some ideas and areas where we think we want to take this thing, but, um, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, all just a work in progress right now. What are some of the things that have been kind of, you know, unexpected that you had to learn and go along with? I know when Garrett and I started this podcast, I didn't know how much I would have to work on like marketing and oh, yeah. know, making the content and trying For to. For sure. Yeah, no, I guess kind of the same thing. That's kind of one area where I definitely need to be better is, um, you know, I, you know, I thought like, you know, just with like getting the clothes made and all that stuff would be hard, which I mean, it is, you know, trying to manage all that. And it's a lot to, you know, with the inventory and it's, so it's definitely helped me kind of, I guess, manage my everyday tasks and stuff like that. And, you know, f finish little stuff like that. But then, like you said, marketing and, you know, trying to, and a lot of graphic stuff, like I'm trying to f figure out how to, you know, better, better operate graphics. And you know, I designed the site myself and built that. So that's been kind of fun to do. Um, um, but yeah, one thing, um, 
I think we could work on definitely, like you said, is marketing, um, working on getting better with that. And at some point, you know, we're probably, you know, I'm assuming we're going to have to, you know, if we're really going to want to do this thing to, you know, reach out and get some professional help from, you know, some areas. Um, but for right now, uh, it's been fun just kind of being able to do it ourselves and at least kind of, you know, get it to a point where, you know, we feel we've been able to put our vision on it, you know, to the best we can and you know to the where we ne might need a little more help we've had a lot of roads here you know apparel company professional mm -hmm. hockey player professional gamer so this is another tough one but if you could go back and give your younger self a piece of advice what would it be wow man uh i guess it just be uh, i don't know i mean it sounds kind of cliche just try enjoy it the best you can um like you said i have i have bounced around in a lot of different fields i guess or had a lot of different passions and i guess it's just because i feel like i you know i pick something up and i'm so in love with it and then like i want to go and tackle the next thing so and i guess while i'm kind of doing all that is, is i'm getting kind of you know too caught up into one thing i guess would just try and say to sit back and take everything in and try and have a good balance with all of it because you know i've shown like it's it's not a forever thing you know i like got the gaming professional thing was for a very short time and you know like did i i wish i could have realized you know like at the time like how special that moment was or you know same with hockey like they'd say so just be able to enjoy it man because it'll go fast freddie we can't thank you enough for coming on and no, um, man. You know, I appreciate it. You haven't changed a bit, and it's been way too long <laughs> since I've last talked to you. And I know, man. It really has. One of the nicest and most down-to-earth people I've ever met in my life, so don't change at all. Well, I can say the same about you, my man, so I really appreciate the kind words. Thank you for listening to this episode of Adversity University. You can follow more news about Adversity University on our social media pages. Our Instagram handle is adversity underscore university. Our Twitter handle is adversity underscore UNIV. And our Facebook page is Adversity University. If you know of any high-level athlete or professional that has an interesting story of overcoming adversity and you think they should share it, you can email us at adversityuniversitytalkshow at gmail.com. You can also use that email if you are interested in becoming a sponsor for Adversity University. We look forward to bringing our listeners more content from interesting guests weekly, so stay tuned on social media to see who could be next and what our past guests are up to now.